You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man City take care of business against Gladbach. Did you ever doubt Pep Guardiola? Real Madrid show why they are the most successful club in Champions League history after their win over Atalanta. We have Jimmy Conrad to recap Tuesday Champions League action. Que golazo begins right now. Hey, everybody. Que golazo Tuesday Champions League recap. Jimmy Conrad in the house. Jimmy C, how are you, brother? What's up? I'm good. I'm excited to see that there were no upsets, that the teams that we expected to win actually won. Yep, I think that's the theme of the day, everybody. Uh, sometimes it's as easy as that. The teams that really you thought were going to do it, did it. Just experience talent overall. Let's begin with Manchester City, the Goliath that is Manchester City, the unstoppable force that is Manchester City. And Marco Rosa already has his bags packed uh, for Borussia Dortmund as Munch and Gladbach lose 2-0, 4-0 in aggregate. Man City looked good. There were, there were hints. Jimmy of Gladbach doing some things, but in the end, Man City won two nothing and four nothing in aggregate. Yeah, I just want to apologize to everybody. I had, had advised you from a wagering perspective to consider there being a draw in the first half and City winning the second half, and I totally f that up. It should have been the opposite. City were going to go for the jugular early, and then they were going to kick it and relax, and that's essentially what they did. Which is why I learned from that. Even before that game happened, I learned from it, and I told you guys for the Bayern game tomorrow to do that. So they're going to score early then they're going to sit back and chill because they don't need those extra goals. Anyway, that said, when I watch this city game versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, I see city, the guys wearing sky blue, light blue are a bunch of grown ass men. Okay. And then I look at Borussia Mönchengladbach and I see a bunch of schoolboys, and that pretty much sums it all up. Yes. Mönchengladbach had enough here to maybe get a goal. They, they created enough opportunities, got enough of a look from a very stout defensive team in, in man city. To, to get something and to test Ederson a little bit. Ederson did have to make a couple saves and, and was a little bit more busy, definitely, than he was in the first leg. But overall, when I look at the tactics, when I look at players that can step up and, and play out of pressure and hold the ball under pressure, and that's the whole thing. I, given my playing experience, I remember this so clearly. I got to play against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. I know that's a crazy flex. I'm just going to leave it as such. But we were down a few goals, so the confidence obviously is, is in Madrid's favor. I tried to be cute, right? I tried to be casual. Those guys have seen that every single day for two hours a day or more. They know what that looks like. They play at a speed that is just another level. So you have this world-class team, and then I look at Borussia Mönchengladbach, who I, I tried to buy into their Kool-Aid. I'm going off on a rant here, Luis. I, I tried to drink their Kool-Aid a little bit at the beginning of the season because they were beating Bayern and Borussia Dortmund and – you know, good results against Inter Milan and Real Madrid. Dude, they are, they are, they're nowhere near where they need to be. City are the standard or, or where everybody should be looking towards to get. It's unbelievable how good those guys are. And they proved it once again. And on both sides of the ball, ridiculous, fair play to them. They're definitely the favorites to win this competition. Above Bayern Munich? Yes, because defensively, they're better than Bayern Munich right now. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I might agree. I go back and forth between That's Bayern. Okay. I, I saw you on TV today going back and forth on Atalanta, Real Madrid, Atalanta, Real Madrid. And you ended up making the right wrong decision and you went with Atalanta. 
I know. I'm a Gemini. I can't help it. I'm just <laughs> all over the place. I like to give people what they want. I like to reflect what the people are like, because I'm sure a lot of us at home are also doing the same thing. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. But hey, listen, here's the thing. Let's go back to Man City Gladbach for a second. Uh, you made some key points here. One, Gladbach is exactly what it was, just a hipster fad. All right. They're good. They're not that good. And to be honest, it go I'm sorry, everybody, but Jimmy and I have been talking about this forever in this podcast. I'm going to bring it up again. Marco Rosa announcing his VBB is just so dumb because it, I don't care how professional you are. What is that going to do to the overall sense of the squad? I'm not saying that they would have been City, but since that announcement, they haven't looked good at all anywhere. So that's a problem. And now you're facing Manchester City, who looked tremendous today. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter who's on the pitch. They're going to do the business. Phil Foden was just outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Absolutely amazing. That uh, run and delivery and that pass to Gundogan, you think he's going to give it and provide a left left-sided pass, but actually it's a blind through ball to Gundogan. It, the Kevin De Bruyne smash, they're just ridiculous. So, I will it, say... Just ridiculous. Because it can beat you in so many different ways, Luis. Yeah. What I wanted to add, just to concur with your sentiments, was they can beat you in so many different ways. But also, the, if you guys watch this game, the first 10 minutes, I, I was really happy with, let me start with Marco Rosa's starting lineup. I wanted Briel and Bolo out there. I wanted Marcus Taram out there. I was hoping Alisson Play would be out there as well. Just put all your best players on the field and go, go, hey guys, go make it work. I mean, obviously you want to have some tactical, how are you going to move or whatever, but these are my most talented guys. Let's go make it work. He left Playa on the bench. Okay. But I like that Mbolo and Taram came out there. I thought the pressure was actually very good in the first 10 minutes. They were pretty good. And then they gave up an absolute cracking goal to Kevin De Bruyne on his weak foot. I don't know if he's got a weak foot, but let's just pretend his left foot's his weak foot, who cracks into the top corner. And for a team that's so vulnerable and so, you know, on the edge of, of they don't have confidence anymore, of belief, you know, they, they, that, that will just kill your spirit. And that killed their spirit, and that was it. But that first 10 minutes, I was like, all right, this BM team might have a chance to get in there, but they, they just didn't have enough. I was hoping they'd get a goal. I thought they would get one. I thought they'd show something. They did, like I said, they did create enough opportunities to get a goal, but uh, didn't have the composure. It gets me back to my original point, Luis. They just don't have enough composure. Like one guy plays out of pressure for, for BM against Man City, right? Then the next guy's under pressure. He's got to make, make the right pass. Not, not when I watch this game, all I see is Bruce Munch and Gladbach actually make one good pass forward that unlocks a little bit, but then the next guy plays safe. And when the next guy plays safe, it just attracts more pressure from Man City, who are so good. They're like, oh, we've seen this before. We know what's going to happen here. Those first two passes have to be forward. They have to bypass lines. They have to break lines. They have to find where the numerical advantages are quickly. That's the only way you can beat the City team. And if you can't do that, you're absolutely dead because they do it for 90 minutes. Because they keep the ball so much, they have the energy to keep the pressure up throughout the whole game. It's really impressive, and I can't say enough about it, especially because we weren't really talking about this Man City team at the beginning of the season, right? We're like, oh, yeah, Ruben Diaz, he'll be all right. And, you know, Joao Cancelo wasn't great last season. We'll see. These guys are all playing at the top of their game. And, and I said this on TV, and I'll say it to you now. Where does Man City peak? Is this where, Where's the peak for these guys? Are they Have they hit it yet? I, I don't know, man. They're, they've won, what, 24 out of the last 25 or 25 out of 26? It's one. Not just not just got a draw. They, they've won 25 out of the last 26. What the? What? 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 That, is, that is ridiculous. I don't care where you play in any league around the world. That, those are ridiculous stats. 
Yeah, it's 24 from 25, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, since well, the, it will be 25 out of 26. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> since the one-all draw uh, with West Brom on December 15th, City's 24 wins are at least seven more than any other side has managed in all competitions in the top five European leagues. They are a machine. And you mentioned what you talked about uh, on the show about where do they peak? And I believe I reply that the good thing is that when you have somebody like Pep Guardiola, he doesn't care. He just wants to keep going. He's never happy. He's never, ever happy. And that that's just what they are. And Man City is an absolute machine. And good night, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, so, hey, I, I got an idea here. We, we sent a tweet here asking, send questions. So let's answer one right now because uh, Man City is a Premier League team. This is a Premier League question. Jacob Sane, Sane, uh, Sane, Sane, I'm sorry, Sane. Let's go with Sane, Jacob. Uh, let's go with Jacob. Which EPL <laughs> club, which Premier League club is trending in the right direction in the next few years? Or what mid-tier team do you like for a top four finish in the near future? Well, you know my answer. I'll you, just you let go, you. You go first because you've seen this question, so you had some time to let it marinate in your in your brain. I haven't had that luxury. So you go first, Luis. Yeah. Well, Jacob, this is a, a good question. I think there's a few actually that you can probably talk about. I mean, be, at the very beginning of the season, I gave my estas loco predictions, like predictions that are crazy, but have a sense of hope in it. One of them, I talked about Everton, actually, thinking that Carlo Ancelotti is that much of a good manager that he can bring in a squad that can hopefully be a top four contender. And when you look at the season now, that's not crazy to think. They could maybe do Champions League. Maybe not this season, but they're going on the up. Um, the other one that I'm not thinking Champions League, but I'm thinking, obviously, Europa, hopefully, is Aston Villa. Honestly, I'm removing my bias aside. I think Dean Smith is one of the best managers in the game, and he's done tremendous things. And we have an amazing sporting director in Johan Lange, who basically is going to do a lot of work this summer. So watch out for Villa next season, I think. So those would be my my two. Obviously, you got your Leicester City, et cetera, but I wanted to focus on those specifically. What about you, Jimmy? No, I think Everton's a nice choice. Hamas Rodriguez. You know, he's only going to get more comfortable in the Premier League uh, in, in subsequent seasons. He's 29 right now. When I look at their team, who their core players are, the ones that are emerging as the most responsible and, and standing up and, and taking accountability for being out there. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is 24. Dean is 27. Or Charleston's 23. Yeri Mina and Michael Keane are 20, 28 and 26, respectively. That's where, though, it gets a little bit thin. Jordan Pickford, I feel like they could probably go out and get a better goalkeeper, if I'm being completely honest. Ben Godfrey's been very good as well in the back. He's only 23. Uh, Tom Davies still okay, emerging. Good. 22. Yeah, they got they got a lot of good young core players. Andre Gomez is only 27. But when I look at the outside back position, uh, Seamus Coleman's 32. Pickford, I think they can upgrade there in the back. You know, uh, can they bring Moise Ken back from PSG? What, what's the deal? I don't even know. What, they want to. If, if they can bring know, Moise I'm Ken sorry. back. He's only 21. They're listening. They're listening. PSG want to keep him, but Everton will have to listen. I, if I were P Everton, I would just let, let PSG have him and see how much you can get for him. But obviously him returning to Everton would be amazing. It would be. And then Alon's only 30, right? So you got a couple of good seasons. Gilfie Sigurdsson's 31. So those guys could eventually be bench players if you want to go with some of your younger options. A couple more signings with Carlo Ancelotti at the helm. Yeah, I think Everton is a team that people should look at for sure. Uh, Leicester, want to give a shout out to Brendan Rodgers. 
I think he's done uh, great with them and, and continues to keep them in a conversation. Even when you're like, ah, even when Jamie Vardy's only scored one goal since Christmas Eve, you know, they're still in there with a fighting chance to get top four, which is very cool to see. Everybody else, I don't know. Aston Villa, of course, I think should be in the conversation uh, with very similar storylines or narratives to, to Everton. West Ham, I think, probably fought their way into this one. Not, never on my radar, and I'm still kind of, is this going to be like a Sheffield United kind of thing where they are really great one season and then drop off once they get into Europe or something like that? We'll see. But, uh, you know, and I think United, Manchester United needs to be considered in terms of kind of really finding their way in certain to forge an identity that they can build off of and add players to, you know, which they didn't have for, for a couple seasons. So there are a couple options there, but uh, Chelsea, right? When Chelsea figures out how to score with their talent, it's going to look very similar to Man City because they're so good defensively right now. Once they figure out how to attack with with real purpose, that could be really scary too. I, can I just name all the teams? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you gave a good answer. And Jacob, you cannot, Jacob, you cannot complain. We just gave you like a full rounded answer. All right, we're going to take a break, everybody. When we come back, we'll talk uh, Real Madrid against bye-bye uh, Atalanta. Uh, Tuesday, Champions League recap. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Champions League Tuesday recap, round the 16, second leg here with Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, Real Madrid uh, did the business. The most successful club in Champions League history uh, showed it today as they said, you know what? Enough of this Atalanta this, Atalanta that. Let's take care of business. And they did that. They beat Atalanta. It, of course, began with a terrible goal. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the right team won, don't you think? 100%. What I think my biggest takeaway is that class is permanent. And another cliche I can use is that winning is an attitude. <laughs> it's like those, those posters we had up, up on the wall when we were kids. Yeah. Class is permanent. Winning is, a, winning is an attitude. And, and when I think about the core home, players. sweet home. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, there's nine games unbeaten at home now for for uh, Real Madrid. I said the Kareem Benzema. I told you guys to bet him scoring with his right foot. He did that today. Thank you, Luka Modric, for setting him up with the easy one. I thought Benzema has been fantastic in recent weeks. You know, anytime he's in the team, they're better. Sergio Ramos is a is a winner. The guy wins. Whether whether you whether you think you love him or hate him because Doesn't he dabbles matter. dabbles in the dark arts of defending, whatever. The guy knows how to win. Then you add Luka Modric, who's a ball and door winner, by the way. So we've got to put some respect on his name. And, and Tony Cruz, a World Cup winner in the middle of midfield. Those guys sat in today, almost in a double pivot to make up for the fact that Casemiro was going to be gone. 
and, and Fede Valverde kind of went out wide. And then when they shifted a little bit, Valverde came inside and Vasquez started to bomb forward a little bit. The game shifted. And uh, I thought there were some in-game tactics that Zidane pulled off or maybe the players did it on their own. I mean, honestly, Sergio Ramos could probably coach the team from the fields, you know, and, and uh, as the captain, just a good professional performance. They ended up giving up a late goal to Luis Muriel, who scored on, on a good free kick, but it uh, wasn't enough for Atalanta, who my issue is very similar to Marco Rosa. Marco Rosa in the first leg for Borussia Mönchengladbach left off some of his best players. And I don't understand why. And then when I see Gasparini, the manager of Atalanta, leave off Duvon Zapata and Joseph Ilicic, I just don't, I just don't understand it. Sure, he could, he could explain to us. And I understand that he probably has it all laid out and he's working with his staff. And I'm sure there are plenty of reasons as to why the people he started were a better fit to go up against this Madrid team. But from on the outside looking in, you have to go for it at some point. And why wait until you get slapped around or until you're down before that happens? I, I, I just have some question marks. And I just thought that the teams that have the experience and know how to win these games were the ones that won today and the ones that didn't and that were a little naive and a little bit short-sighted and, and maybe not tough enough or mean enough to, to make it happen. Those are the ones that lost. And to your point, right off the top, the better team won today and the better team was going through. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, there's something to be said about the narrative of this game. Okay, like uh, Sportiello, the, the Atalanta goalkeeper, a ridiculously bad mistake. You do not gift goals to Real Madrid in the Champions League. Modric grabs it, gives it to Benzema, etc. But it doesn't matter. Real Madrid knew what to do. And I just have to reiterate what you just said about Sergio Ramos. I, I Listen, we talk about Lionel Messi, of course, the things that he has done, Cristiano Ronaldo for uh, you know United, Real Madrid, now Juventus. Sergio Ramos... I can't emphasize how important he is for Real Madrid. Forget about the goals, set pieces, defending. His mere presence just exudes confidence. And you can just see the entire Real Madrid uh, side just be right there with him. Sergio Ramos enters the pitch and it's like, we are winning this. There is no draw. There is no extra time. We are taking this. And you can sense it. And it's amazing to me. Of course, Karim Benzema is Karim Benzema. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. But this is Real Madrid, the most successful team in the Champions League. And they showed it today. I thought Vinicius Jr. was also really, really good. And Asensio had a point to prove when he came on as well. They were just clicking. And that first goal set the narrative. But essentially, you know, the better team won, as you said. Yes, they did. I want to echo your sentiments about Vinicius Jr., who was fantastic today. If that kid can figure out how to score, he is going to be world-class. Everything about his game otherwise is world-class, but his finishing is god-awful. I mean, we might as well be out there in those positions, Luis, <laughs> missing sitters or, or putting them right at the goalkeeper. There's something, and it's clear, it's a mental block. The, the, he has it in his bag. He's got that tool in his tool belt. It's just he doesn't know how to use it yet. He doesn't know how to have that, how to have that composure, that split second of just – taking a breath while you're in this situation after you've dribbled 60 yards and through 10 people to then have the quality and the composure to just pick your spot, pick your spot. And, and that's something that actually I'm going to throw Ole Gunnar back in the mix. Ole Gunnar has brought that. I thought to man United Rashford are scoring a little bit more of those goals, a little bit more composure, Martial Greenwood. You can see it, right? He's added a little bit of that composure and helped them, right? He's a player whisperer in some ways. So maybe Vinicius jr. Can go on loan to learn from Ole Gunnar for six months to a year and then come back to Real Madrid. I bet you he'd be a lot better. That said, he is gonna he when he plays like he did today, it's gonna be very hard for teams to then double down on Kareem Benzema up top 
right? Yeah. When you have a like a, a misfiring Vinicius Jr. or Rodrigo or Vasquez or whoever's out on the wings or Eden Hazard, if he ever decides to get healthy, you know, you, you, you can you're like, okay, well, these guys just aren't playing very well when they put on the Madrid shirt for whatever reason. And that allows us to put more, you know, more uh, defensive attention to, to Kareem Benzema. Yeah. But when these guys play like this too, it just opens up more space and it's, it's pretty incredible to see. I will say what is absolutely crappy for Vinicius Jr. is he played very, very well today. Miss a couple glorious opportunities. Did draw the penalty that Sergio Ramos scored. But then his replacement, the guy he's competing with for his position, Asensio, comes on as a sub with, as you said, with a point to prove and scores on his first touch. <laughs> All Vinicius is probably like, oh man, I finally put a game together where I can be the, the automatic starter for the next game. And then Asensio comes on within one minute and scores. You're like, I mean, he must be pissed, Vinicius. Like, what else could I do? You know, so it's a funny little battle between those two players. But to your point that you said earlier, you know, it's just going to elevate everybody's game. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm referencing Sergio Ramos. When, when you have certain players step on the field, and when you have that type of competition, like we said with City too, you always have somebody that's going to push you to get better. So it's not a bad thing, but I do feel a little bad for Vinicius. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, like Marco Sensio is just, you know, he, he's kind of like that sometimes, all or nothing. And if you give him 20 minutes in a game, he's going to take advantage. I feel like Vinicius Jr. By the way, I have a soft spot for Vinicius Jr. He was my very first piece I wrote for Sports Illustrated, which essentially brought me to CBS Sports. So like I always think about Vinicius about, you know, as part of my career as well. But Vinicius, you mentioned his finishing and I agree completely. But sometimes I feel he just needs to like simplify himself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's one of my favorite players ever, ever. Like for me, any country, any club is Denilson. And Denilson mm -hmm. was exactly like that. He knew what he was good at and he knew he wasn't good at and he didn't score many goals. But my God, he created them. And I feel like sometimes Vinicius Jr. should just be like, I know what I can do well. I don't need to completely overdo it. And when he just simplifies his game, like you said, uh, he takes so much pressure off Benzema and it just becomes an unstoppable Real Madrid, which is kind of what you saw today. I mean, that's uh, why they, they, they saw the same thing when he was younger, that he has something. You, he has something that you can't teach, right? There's a feel for it, is this, this drive and ambition and this flair that you that we're all attracted to with Vinicius. And then you see him finish and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and also on top of that, it, it is an evolution of his decision-making, which is to your point, when do I dribble and go at people 1v1? Or if I can see that there's a, a scene for me to attack, or when do I, when I hold up the ball, when, when is my team actually ready for me to do something like that? So that if I do lose the ball, we can immediately win it back again, right? And these are these little things that I think you learn as you get older. And if you don't, then you're going to be play like a, like Joao Baptista, right? Another Brazilian who, right. who kind of had these similar traits, but never really hit that upper echelon because I just feel like he lacked consistency in his decision-making, which ultimately when you're playing for a big club, if you're pissing off the core players, cause you're not making the right decisions at the right time, they're not going to want you in the team anymore. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see, by the way, who these teams, Real Madrid, Man City, uh, get in the quarterfinals. Oh, I can't wait. The draw on Friday is going to be magical. And by the way, there's a KO Lasso podcast uh, that day coming out uh, to recap it all and talk about it, including the Europa League as well. Myself and Jimmy in that. All right, that's our episode. That's our recap. Jimmy Conrad, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? No, but I did want <laughs> to say thank you for listening. As always, that's no, but yes, I guess. Thank you for listening as always. Thank you for watching on YouTube. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow for I don't know how many. We're probably putting out 10 episodes tomorrow. So I can't wait for all of them. Yeah, exactly. All of them will come at some time. <laughs> it's going to be come. great. It's the best. Because the Wednesday preview is already out. 
Uh, but you'll get the recap and then uh, weekend preview. So much, so much content. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Thanks, Luis. Always a pleasure. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. Thank you so much for your questions. Keep them coming. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. Remember March Madness. March Madness, cbsports.com forward slash Golasso Brackets. We have plenty more content, including Champions League preview and our recap coming later tomorrow as we recap the end of round of 16. We also have Europa League content, weekend preview, and so much more. Thank you for listening and watching. Have a great, great day. <laughs>